Attendees are in listen-only mode. Welcome to our webinar on the Sunshine Act. I am Dr. Jill Brooks from First Healthcare Compliance, and I'm so pleased to have the founder and president of RX Vantage, Dan Gilman, and the founder and vice president of sales for RX Vantage, James Dwyer, joining me today. RX Vantage is a free cloud-based technology service offered to providers, enabling them to streamline and organize interactions with pharmaceutical and other sales reps, making sample requests and communication more efficient. If you have any questions during this presentation, please feel free to type them into the toolbar and we will respond to them at the conclusion of the webinar. As you are aware, the final rule of the Sunshine Act was released February 1st, 2013. This has taken many years to finalize with many modifications from comments throughout the healthcare industry. Back in 2009, the Institute of Medicine published an article, The Conflict of Interest in Medical Research, Education, and Practice, which prompted the need to provide transparency of any potential conflicts of interest in the healthcare industry. With the recommendation from the Institute of Medicine and the Medicare Payment Advisory Commission, Congress enacted legislation establishing a new regulatory program and a national disclosure program in Section 6002 of the Affordable Care Act. This national disclosure program would include reports providing transparency, the ability to correct any inaccuracies prior to publication on a public website, penalties for non-reporting, and annual reports to Congress and the states. In addition, the requirements for preemption of state laws are described. In many cases, the state laws are much more restrictive. So now let's bring in our guests, James and Dan from RxManage. Dan, who does this national disclosure program apply to? So the, the program applies to all actively licensed physicians in the US. Um, it's important to know that it's not just those who participate with Medicare and Medicaid. Um, it's the manufacturer that actually determines whether or not they report. So if the manufacturer reports or participates in any federal programs and has a transfer of value to a licensed physician and it meets the criteria, that will get reported. And the only other exception is mid-level providers. So NPs, PAs are not reported and, and not involved. Okay, thank you. Could you please explain what exactly is the Sunshine Act Open Payments Program? So the idea is to provide transparency so the public can see uh, what the relationship is between uh, providers, uh, physicians, and manufacturers. So again, applicable manufacturers are those uh, in biological, pharmaceutical, uh, medical device and supplies that participate in and get reimbursement from federal programs. Uh, it also involves group port purchasing organizations um, and they need to report and record any ownership or investment by physicians in those organizations. Um, importantly, it includes any of the physicians direct family members um, and so they will be involved in the disclosures as well. And the whole idea is that they will collect this information and then they'll publish it on a public website and patients will be able to search to find uh, what type of transfers of value 
their physician or potential physician has received from um, these industries. Okay, great. So who actually does the reporting and when does this occur? So it is the manufacturers and GPOs who are responsible for collecting and reporting this data. It just started this past summer on August 1st. Um, and this calendar year, the reporting will end on December 31st. And they have a period during the first quarter to get all their data together, and then they report to CMS by March 31st of 2014. And uh, in 2014, they'll start reporting on January 1st and report through the year and report on March uh, 31st of 2015. So, as I mentioned before, the information will be available to the public on uh, a database that, and a website that CMS is creating, um, and that will be available starting September 30th um, of next year. Uh, the um, important thing is there will be time for the physicians to review their data and uh, review what the manufacturers are submitting before it gets published to the public site so that they have the option to contest it. Uh, or discuss it with the manufacturer and uh, hopefully get it reported accurately. Okay. So, Dan, what is a physician like myself required to do? So, as it says at the top, you're not required to do anything. So, these companies are going to record and report any transfers of value uh, with every doctor that uh, it occurs with. Um, and you don't actually have to report or report anything on your own per the law. It's a good idea to be able to track and understand what your exposure might be. Um, and uh, that way you'll be, like as I mentioned before, once they have the review period before they submit it to the public database, if you have a record of, of what happened and what interactions you had with uh, industry, then you'll be able to say, hey, this number is accurate or that number is not accurate. Um, and you can register with CMS to be able to log in and review the data that will be reported. So what uh, is the manufacturer or the GPO required to report? So they need to report transfers of value and there's a whole list of things that qualify for this and there's some exceptions. So if there's um, cash or cash equivalent, uh, in-kind items or services, uh, stock or options, and ownership interest, dividend, profits, or, or return on investment. Um, and any indirect payments made to third parties on behalf of the physicians. So it, and it'll all be grouped by uh, pharmaceutical or product or biological. So it'll be tied to the specific product or the brand team that uh, Created that transfer value. And what are some examples of things that will be reported? So, again, there's a, a pretty long list of what will be reported and what's exempted, but um, consulting fees, speaker fees, uh, travel and lodging, food and beverage, and, and that actually has some specific criteria of its own. So if there's a modest meal, either a lunch in the office or, or at an event, and it's less than $10, it won't be reported by itself. 
So if it's nine dollars for the meal, it doesn't get reported to CMS. But if the total amount from that brand exceeds a hundred dollars for the year, then that nine dollars will be lumped in to the total amount that's reported. So it's a little bit confusing, but theoretically, if you had ten lunches in your office for and it was nine dollars per person, uh, you'd end up at ninety bucks, and it wouldn't be reported to CMS individually or uh, cumulatively for the year for that brand. So um, some other things, gifts and entertainment, uh, rental space fees, grants from the company, uh, education and research, which is important to a lot of doctors who participate in, in research studies with uh, pharmaceutical companies, um, charitable contributions, because they don't want the, the payment just to be made in kind uh, to a charity and not be reported, and uh, current and prospective ownership or investment interest. Okay, and what what sort of things would be exempt from reporting? So CMEs, that's a big one. Um, people attend these events all the time, and the uh, certified and accredited CME tuition um, will be exempted. And uh, honorary for grant supporting activity is certified and accredited CME. Um, so no specified faculty and not paid directly, meaning the doctor and the organization can't just say, hey, pay this person, as long as it's just a grant that's open-ended for the, the teaching institution um, to be able to spend, and that won't be reported. Uh, buffet meals, snacks, offerings. So a lot of times you'll see as you go to these uh, CME programs or other events, the meals are going to be a lot more modest than uh, maybe they have been in the past, and that is going to be directly because of the Sunshine Act. You might get a little box lunch. Uh, and that is to keep it under the $10 to make sure that it fits the, the basic exemption so that that organization doesn't have to try to allocate uh, how, you know, a dollar amount to each position based on how much you eat or how much you drink. So uh, product samples, importantly, are not going to be reported, so you can continue to accept those and, and use them with patients uh, to save them some, some money and obviously try out uh, products before they go and spend uh, money at the pharmacy on them. Uh, Short-term trial device, it's a pretty common uh, tactic from the pharmaceutical industry to provide some devices, maybe an ambulatory blood pressure monitor that you can use with your patients, which clearly benefits uh, your patients and you it might not otherwise be reimbursable or, or present in the office. Um, those things are not gonna be considered a transfer of value uh, under the Sunshine Act or reported. Uh, educational material for patients. So everything that comes through from perhaps the rest or in the mail from the company that's really directed at helping your patients day to day is going to be exempted from the uh, the charity. Excuse me, the sunshine. Um, items using charity care, dividends in publicly traded companies. So because that's obviously outside the uh, the sort of transfer value they're looking at tracking here. Um, and delay in public, publication of up to four years. So if you're doing research, and uh, it will be recorded, but it can be delayed um, until that product is approved. And as I said before, anything less than ten dollars per instance, um, and less than a hundred, if cumulative is less than a hundred dollars a year. Okay, great. So James, um, how can you help the physicians keep track of all of this data? 
There are a couple things that, that uh, physicians can do as well as the office managers and administrators. Um, unfortunately, a lot of the tools that are available and a lot of what the technology industry has done has focused on the manufacturers simply because there's really no requirement on the physician's part to keep track of that. And some of the tools out there that are aimed at physicians tend to be just kind of overhyped uh, spreadsheets. Um, there are a couple things that administrators and physicians can do. One is to keep an open communication channel with your reps and medical vendors just so that you're aware of what they're doing, how to reach them, how to communicate with them. Um, the manufacturers will have pretty uh, steep penalties if they don't report something, so they may err on the side of over-reporting. And the best thing is just to ask if they, if as a physician or an office manager you have any concerns about what's being reported on your physicians, whether it's for a meal that's being brought into your office or if it's a speaker program they went to or anything, it's just great to ask and keep that communication channel open with these reps. Um, another good, great thing to do is to register with CMS. Um, this allows you to stay up to date on any notifications and program changes and any information that they have. And this will also make sure that you get um, the reports and notifications from them if you as a physician or as an administrator, office manager, any of your physicians will be on that list. Um, the website for that is not on this slide. It's, it's, I think it's two slides down, but we'll show it there. And then uh, finally, just there's some great tools out there that you can use to keep track of this information on the office side or the physician side. One, um, if we could move to the next side, slide, please. Um, one more, sorry. This um, CMS has an app. It's a mobile app. I believe it's on um, available for iPhones and um, iPads right now. It's called um, the Open Payments app, and it allows you to manually upload any vendor data um, and has some a lot of information on there to understand the open payment terminology and how the um, how the law works. It has a QR code reader that you can use to, I assume, read barcodes or anything um, that do qualify as open payment transfers. Um, this web we have not we looked at this app early on when it was first released, and I know they've had um, some more updates to it, but it is available at uh, the iTunes store, or you can go directly to that website that's shown there, um, geo.cms.gov uh, forward slash open payments. Um, if we could go to the next slide, please. And where we come in and, and why we're working with um, Jill and Julie and um, First Healthcare Compliance is that we have a free web application that thousands of offices are using right now to manage all their vendor interactions at the office level, um, to schedule any of these lunches or interactions with these reps, and also as a byproduct of using the system, it allows the office manager or the physicians to really get an accurate count of which vendors had, have come into the practice, what kind of meetings they've had what the nature of the meetings were, what products were discussed, as well as keep a log of which staff and, and, and most importantly, which providers attended these meetings. Um, this is a completely cloud-based system. There's no cost for physicians and medical offices to use it. And if you look at um, the most common system or method for keeping track of these type of interactions are shown right on this slide, the, the uh, all-important day planner or wall calendar, and then a lot of offices as far as keeping track and communicating with their reps, we'll have uh, boxes of business cards or Rolodexes filled with multiple business cards for the same product, given how much um, rep turnover there is. 
and if you could skip to the next slide, please. Uh, this is um, what our system looks like. There's, there's a lot more to this, and we're happy to give a demo to anybody who's interested. They can contact us ac afterwards. But of particular relevance to our uh, discussion today is our Sunshine Act tracking tool. Since our system keeps track of all the chronology of the appointment, who is there, when they're there, um, product company, um, there's a very easy tool here that the office can enter the cost amount of the meal, um, who provided the meal, and then because the system has an office profile on there, it has the physician NPI numbers, the head counts for the staff, so it breaks out all that information very easily and logs it for the office. Um, this takes the place of having to, if, if as a physician you are notified that you are on that CMS um, Sunshine Act list or as an office manager you hear that some of your physicians are on there and you are in that review period or you want to contest any of that um, information that may be inaccurate at some point, it's much easier to review that and provide the the evidence or the proof that their information is incorrect by using a digital system like this instead of having to piece back together your wall calendar or track down the reps who did come in for those appointments and get the information from them. It's just a much easier way to do things. Um, and the next slide is our contact information. If you want to learn more about how to use Rx Manager, how to set up your office with it, um, we are happy to do any demos. And again, this does not cost anything, and it is a completely um, cloud-based system. So there's no installation, there's no week-long EMR or EHR training that's going to drag everybody's uh, schedules back by a few weeks or anything. This is something that can be done in about 15 or 20 minutes. Okay, so um, we'll give it a few minutes to see if there are any questions. Um, at this time, there aren't any. Um, so just basically, um, James, you did say how long does it take to get um, this up and running if you're... To, for an office to set up their profile in RxVantage, it's literally 15 minutes or so of an afternoon and you'd have the office all set up and learn how to use it as well. So it's, it's very quick and easy and it's meant to save offices a lot of time with how they run things and kind of improve workflow. There's a lot more features in here that we didn't go into, but um, a lot of offices really do use this as a great um, tool to help them run more smoothly, keep track of all their reps, uh, request any samples, um, provide patient assistance program information and um, keep tabs on how their providers, or if there's any exposure on their providers for the Sunshine Act, especially if you have reps coming into your office. All right. Well, thank you again for joining us today. Thank you, Dan and James. I hope that this summarizes what you need to be keeping track of due to these new regulatory requirements. The free mobile app from RxVantage certainly streamlines the whole process, as well as coordinating the day-to-day -day rep visits. I've left the contact information on the screen for First Healthcare Compliance and RxVantage. Feel, feel free to contact us with any further questions. Thank you for your attention today and have a wonderful holiday. Thank you very much. Thank, Thank you. you.